James chapter 1 and stand with me this morning. James chapter 1. I want to thank uh, Pastor Jason for the ministering the Word of God last week. And all you people that write me and tell me how good Wade preaches and how good he preaches. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Quit. You know, quit telling me. Like, he was bucking for your job last week. I'm like, well, thank you very much. But it means I'm doing my job. But I do want to thank them for uh, they are always prepared and the anointing of God's on his word. And I give you greetings from Pastor Al in Maine. Uh, we were able to encourage him and be there last week. So thank you for that privilege. James chapter 1, if you're there, say amen. If any of you lack wisdom, now underline that in your Bible, wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. This reverse, in this verse, the request is for wisdom, but the context is prayer. This specific request, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. But don't be double-minded when you pray. It's not limited to wisdom alone. You can say without any injustice to the word of God that when you're praying, not communion prayer, but petitionary prayer, when you're making supplication to God about the things that are important to you, that are pressing to you, whatever that subject matter is, you have to pray in faith. You have to pray confidently. You have to pray expectantly in those things. The Bible says in Hebrews, to cast not therefore away your confidence, because it has great recompense unto the reward. The reward is in the confidence. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Very quickly, before you sit down, you'll be seated for a good bit here. So I'm standing. You can stand just a second. Uh, Kelly says she don't like it when I do that. But, you know, hey, it's, I can. Uh, when we pray, this age of contemporary Christianity has made prayer about changing the mind of God, moving the hand of God. Prayer is designed, it's a formula, and if you do A, B, C, D, God has to do E. And we've taught people that that's what prayer is. Prayer is not about changing God's mind, it's about changing your heart. And I want to speak to you this morning about having a confidence. Not that God will work it out like you asked. It almost contradicts itself when you pray a specific thing. But a prayer that God will hear my request and answer perfectly. Father, I just stand before you this morning uh, in desperate need of your grace for me today, an anointing from heaven that would allow me to clearly articulate your words in such a way that we would sense you and see you and be reverent of your word and humble ourselves in front of it, that we would receive with meekness the engrafted word of God which is able to deliver us. Help us, O Lord, to more clearly reflect your image and your lordship in a world that has no idea what either one of those is. 
And I just praise you for that. And I thank you that people like me, another grace, people like me get to preach the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. That just beats all I've ever seen, Lord. In your son's name, I thank you. Amen. You may be seated this morning. We're enamored by people that can have, that have uh, stage gifts, I should say, preaching or teaching or, or lead worship or playing. And I'm not minimizing those. But there's a spiritual appreciation for those who pray, who pray well, not, not eloquently well. I'm not impressed by eloquent prayers, memorized prayers. You know, you go to S&S and the prayer's printed on your cardstock. Well, that man don't know my heart. I'm not going to read, you know, oh, great God who made the mountains and ran his finger down the side and made brooks that run into the river. No, no. God's not looking for eloquent prayers. He's looking for prayers that follow the pattern of a changed heart. Confident prayers. That God is current, so I don't have to update him. That God is all-knowing, so I don't have to give him suggestions. To a God that is thorough, so I don't have to have plan Bs. Oh, I hit something in, didn't I? That, that I pray with a confidence that when I'm done... Listen, here's what confident prayer looked like. That when I'm done... I don't have to worry about it no more. Don't even have to put the R on it or the E. No more. Just wash my hands because I'm confident that I called upon the Lord and he said he'd answer me and show me great and mighty things that I don't even know. That I can make my petitions be known to him with thanksgiving. And the person that does that, the peace of God then fills their life and guards their heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Garrisons their heart. Confident prayers. They don't pray to sound impressive. They pray to touch the heart of God. They pray because they trust him. And there's four things I want to share with you this morning, then I'll get out of your way. And you can write, I'll go ahead and give you these uh, for those that love to get their notes and they space out on their paper and they fill in the blanks and all of that. Good. You can write, you cannot pray confidently in the Lord. Dot, dot, dot. If you're taking notes. You cannot pray confidently in the Lord, number one, without praying. Isn't that profound? Number two, now this is going to leave you wondering until I get there. You can't pray confidently in the Lord outside. What do you mean? Is he mean outside on my porch? We'll get there. Just hang on. Don't, don't write me an email yet. Let's wait till we get there. Number three, you cannot pray confidently in the Lord without your share of difficulty. And number four, you cannot pray confidently in the Lord without an answer. All right, number one, you cannot pray confidently in the Lord, not just to the Lord, in the Lord. Please make that distinction. When I come before the Lord, I'm coming in his name, with his spirit, on the foundation of his word. Everything about my prayer he recognizes because it looks like him. 
It's not just praying to the Lord, it's praying in the Lord. That shatters the theory of we're all God's children, we can all just pray. No, no, it's not just praying to the Lord, it's praying in the Lord. He listens for one thing, the name of Christ. He looks for one position, the person in Christ. He's looking for one truth, the words of Christ. So when we pray, we need to make sure that we are positionally correct doctrinally correct, genuinely correct, and that we're standing in the person of God himself when we pray. We can't pray confidently without praying in his name, in his name. It does not mean you just tack Jesus' name onto something. You can't, you can't go to Outback and order cheese fries. Read the ingredients. Read the calories. It has 379 fat grams. It has 4,622 calories per serving. And there's approximately six servings on there. And you say, Lord, help this to the nourishment of my body. In Jesus' name. No. No. That don't change the, the, what you're eating. Just say, Lord, thank you for this mess. Thank you, God. And if you're going to eat it, eat it. But tacking Jesus' name onto something doesn't make, that's not what he means by praying in his name. It means praying in the place of and for the glory of. You need to write that down. When it says in the name of Jesus, in the place of and or for the glory of. I'm asking this for my family. In the place of or for the glory of Jesus Christ. Something that he would desire. Something that he would want. Something that would honor him. I have to pray in his name. And it's not tacking a name on. Pray in faith. Oh, this is so important. See, modern day Pentecostal charismatics have got it to where faith is God's given you the key and you turn the key. And Yes, but it's not as easy as that. There are no step one, step two, step three, and God has to do something. But don't make any mistake about it. Faith catches the eye of God it opens the ear of God and it moves the heart of God. You go all through the scripture. Jesus would stop and he goes, I, I ain't seen faith like that in all of Israel. One of my favorite stories is a centurion who was a captain over many, many soldiers. And he asked for help to, for Jesus to come home with him. And uh, or he asked Jesus for help, I'm sorry, to come and heal, or to heal this person. And Jesus said, well, I will come to your house and help. And he goes, no need to do that. This is just, I love this story. Jesus, excuse me? He said, no need to do that. For I too am a man under authority. I tell this man to go to this, uh, and those in military, you understand this. I tell him to go over there. He says, yes, sir, and he does it. I tell this one to take 50 people and go to this town, and he does it. Oh, you got to do, I know who you are. You're a man with great authority. All you got to do is send the word and heal him. And Jesus said, I ain't seen faith like this. In my hometown, he goes, as you wish. So understand this. Faith is not your talisman. And it's not the genie in the bottle where you rub, rub it and the genie comes out and has to do what you said. But make no mistake about it. You never pray in faith that God's not moved. I believe that you are. 
I believe that you gave me an invitation to pray. I believe you promised to listen when I pray, and I'm expectantly, expectantly looking for an answer when I pray. Pray in faith. If you're not going to pray in faith, it's better not to pray. Pray in faith. Nothing wavering. Well, that's where I mess up. I know because we're not in the practice of casting down vain thoughts that vaunt themselves against the knowledge of God. All doubts that come and all doubts that we struggle with are truly accusations against the person, the character, and the words of God. I may not get him to answer like I want, but I will not doubt who he is. I will not doubt his invitation to pray, his promise to listen, and his promise to answer. Without praying in humility, there is a confidence, but that is not arrogance. You don't just jump in daddy God's lap when you're making petition. You come humbly, but boldly. There's a fine balance. It's like a, it's like a dance. If all I am is humble, if all I am is looking at the ground, then there's never a, I know I have access. But there is a way to do both. I come before you with boldness in the name of Jesus. Watch. I have not forgotten who he is, but I have not forgotten who I am either. And so while I'm bold and confident, I also have a humble heart. Prayers that go like this. You don't owe me nothing. You don't owe me nothing. What I'm asking you for today is not based on who I am. What I'm asking you for today is based on who you are. You see? I know you hear me, but you, don't, you shouldn't hear me based on who I am and who I am alone. And when I, when I tell you stories like this, I want you to know it's, it's not audible. But, you know, we have those impressions where we feel the Holy Spirit move on our heart or speak to us. Uh, it's not, again, audible, but... It sounds like his voice. I was in my driveway several months ago, and I just I stop often, and I just go, "Look at this, Lord! Look, look at my, look at this, our, our land, our farm. My wife is in that house, my babies." And out loud, I said, "All these blessings, Lord! All these blessings!" And I felt like the Holy Spirit interrupted me with a tender, instructional conviction. He said. I said, all these blessings. He said, and not one of them deserved. That didn't make me feel bad. That made me feel more loved. So when we pray, we're supposed to remember who he is. That's the confidence. But we remember who we are. That's the humility. Let me, let me give it to you this way. God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Don't confuse confidence with this modern day arrogance that is based on ignorance. That's strong. That's good. Get my own CD. That ain't even in my notes. That's good. <laughs> you can't pray confidently without praying it expectantly and continuously. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Prayer is a process. Well, do I just pray one time and forget it? Well, then you're missing the point of prayer. The prayer is not to give God your to-do list. The prayer is to continuously stay before him and the process doesn't change God, it changes you. To pray with a pure motive. 
James 4 says, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. One of the reasons our prayers are not confident is because they're selfish prayers. Now, this is another, there's a lot of dancing going on in this sermon, okay? Fine line, dancing with both sets. How do I make a personal request without it being based on self? That's, that's a fine line. It can be relating to self without being selfish. It can be, Father, I come before you today and I, I have these requests. I'm submitting them to you because you're it for me. You're the only one I can go and talk to about this. You're my source, and I'm praying in faith, and I'm praying in humility, and I submit this to you, but you pick. When you add that, but you pick, that leaves room for if my motive isn't right, if my understanding is wrong. I, I don't, I don't, to the best that I know my motive, and you may not practice this, I'm just giving you little uh, Things that I do, kind of like if I putted and let you watch and it breaks to the right and it breaks to the right. When you get up to pray, it may break to the right. I tell the Lord, I said, you know, one of the reasons I'm asking this, Lord, is because one, two, three, four, five. And then I say, because you know anyway, right? As best I know my motive, I, I do want things for your glory and I do, I do want to honor you. But this is where this is kind of a selfish, based on self. But in case my motive's wrong, you pick. Listen to what I'm sharing with you right here. You can never go wrong with a faith-filled, confident prayer that ends with, but you pick. But you pick. And you cannot pray confidently in the Lord without praying in the power, witness, and leading of the Holy Spirit. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. An effectual, fervent prayer that is birthed by the Holy Spirit in our heart. Like if all of a sudden, and you've had this happen, somebody you don't have really much to do with and they're on your mind over and over and over and over. Two things, pray for them and call them. They may be locked in their house in a grease fire and can't get out. You know, you call them. But pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit. All right, number two. You cannot pray confidently in the Lord outside. No, I'm not speaking about outside of your house. You cannot pray confidently outside of relationship with him. I love this portion. You've heard me refer to it many, many times where the disciples come to Jesus and after witnessing him pray, after watching him pray, pulling off to the side and going up on the mountain to pray and they were seeing his relationship. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said, okay. Our Father, right out the gate, before you get into who art in heaven and hallowed be your name and talking about the kingdom and talking about giving grace to others, he said, you don't pray outside of relationship. Listen, compare this to the culture. We're all God's children. We just need to pray to God. No, you don't pray to God outside of relationship. For him to be a father, you have to be a son. For you to be a son, you have to be born again. Only those who have been convicted by the Holy Spirit and pray prayers of repentance are born again. You can't pray outside. Well, you can, but he, he doesn't listen. People said, you know, these modern day preachers and false theologians, you know, uh, we're all God's children and God loves you and God delights in you and he has a, 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 a wonderful, beautiful plan for your life. The scripture says he's angry with the wicked every day. 
every day. It's not that he's a hateful God, but the wickedness in person. The only way we can be heard is through the relationship that is provided through Jesus Christ. I'm heard because of my position, not my desperation. In Christ. So you can't pray outside of that. Well, I'm having a good week. I'm going to pray. That doesn't help you. Uh, it, it's in Him. In Him. You can't pray effectively outside of fellowship. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky for us. Many people have confidence in prayer when they're doing pretty good. That's not in relationship. But then there are others that don't pray at all when they're out of fellowship with the Lord. And both are important. Okay, my relationship is what qualifies me. But my fellowship is based upon my choices. My relationship is based upon his sacrifice. My fellowship is based upon my choices. You can't live like hell and preach like you're in heaven. Your prayer, listen, the man that sins stops praying and the man that prays stops sinning. You can't, you can't do both. And fellowship is based upon my union, my humility, my response to him. It's not a perfect life. Listen, you're not going to live a perfect life, but you can have a perfect heart. You, some of us need to write that down. You're not going to live a perfect life, but you can have a perfect heart that when convicted, you fall to your knees and say, God, be merciful to me. I don't want to be out of fellowship with you. Early on in my Christianity, one of my first landmark truths, and I call them kind of like your Mount Rushmore uh, uh, truths, is the quickest prayer you'll ever have answered. Lord, is there anything between you and I? Just get your pad out before you ask it. Not that it'll be many, but it's going to answer. I've been waiting for you to ask me because write that person. Forgive that person. I told you to give that to that person. I told you to serve here. I told you to stop going there. When we carry weights and sins and things that displease the Lord, it's impossible to pray confidently. So generally, we just stop praying altogether. How do you know you're in harmony with the Lord? One of the ways. Now, it's not an all-inclusive way because deceived people pray when they're in rebellion. But if you can pray without conviction, for the tender heart, you must be in fellowship. We can't pray outside of grace. And I don't have time to go into all of these, but if you're holding on to sin, rebellion, unbelief, you, you have to be under a receptive grace that keeps you in union with God. Now listen, this is critical. In Pentecostal charismatic circles, much is said about uh, prayer and believing in God and receiving. Mark eleven twenty four. Does anybody know what that says? What is it? I drew a blank. And when you stand praying, yeah. And whatsoever things you shall ask in prayer, believe you shall receive them, and you shall have them. Thank you, Jerry. That's good, Richard. Uh, but we don't ever quote the next verse. And when you stand praying, forgive. Can you imagine in heaven God saying, so let me get this right. 
you want me to answer that prayer based on the forgiveness I've given you and you haven't forgiven them for the thing they did. You can't pray outside of grace. And there's no excuse for abuse. There's no excuse for misuse or abandonment or betrayal. But we don't forgive others because of who they are. We forgive them because of who we are. And I must have access to the Lord. And if I hold unforgiveness in my heart, he does not hear my prayer. Where am I going to be if he's not listening to me? If he's resisted me because of unforgiveness, I have to let it go so that I can be under the umbrella of grace. Imagine an umbrella. God says, where do you want to live, John? Well, if I live over here, I'm vaporized. I'll just get under your umbrella. So I'm going to live under grace and not give grace? Well, they don't deserve it. That makes them a candidate. Well, they haven't asked for forgiveness. But as it pertains to my heart, I've already given it. It's just a matter of them accepting their repentance or not. Well, I don't forgive them. You're not heard by God. You can't pray outside of grace. There's no other umbrella, if you will. You can't pray outside of his will and pray effectively and confidently. I love this verse in 1 John 5, if you're taking notes. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've desired of him. Lord, if it be thy will. Did you know it's actually taught today if you say that statement, that's unbelief? I'm going, What? Well, he's already told you what his will is. Well, yes, but all of his will is not revealed in Scripture. It's like the man that's standing in front of the mirror. He says, you know, Lord, which tie? Which tie? Which tie? And he goes, they're all ugly. I don't care. Wear any one of them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't just open your Bible. Where do, where do I go work? You know, thou shalt go to Geico. Like that can't be the Lord. Let me go over here, you know. Or thou shalt go. No offense. Please don't write me. Don't. I was just, it was a joke. How do I know? How do I know when it doesn't tell me who to marry? You walk so slowly until you know. Confidently. If you're the Lord of your life, you're probably out of his will. Well, if I ask him, he may not agree with my plans. If I submit it to him, he could pick anything. Yes. Which boils down to trust. This is good. You can't pray confidently in the Lord outside of his reputation. He is today what he was yesterday and he shall be tomorrow what he is today. I can't pray confidently without a basis of understanding that he changes not. I have every expectation. When I, when I read that he opened a Red Sea, I understand that it's a type of Jesus being our deliverer and usher us. I understand that. But I also understand that when they called upon the Lord, he told Moses what to do. And he said, just stretch your rod out. And that same God that provides deliverance then provides deliverance now. Where does my confidence come from? 
The God of Samuel is the God of John. The God of Moses is the God of John. Isn't that mind-boggling? The God that did, does, and the God that does, shall. Don't pray outside. Now, having said that, you can pray outside, especially if you've got children. Praise the Lord, pray outside. Yeah. Ain't a closet soundproof enough. Kelly could wrap herself in all the clothes she has and get in the closet. She's still going to hear, Mama, 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 Mama. They substitute that for hello, thank you, goodbye, Mama, Mama, Mama. I'm not even Mama, and I'm looking for cigarettes. I don't even smoke. I don't, I don't even smoke. And I'm just, for the love of everything pure, stop. I can't believe that. I don't smoke, people. Can't afford it. It's too much. Too much. All right. Very quickly. Number three. You cannot pray confidently in the Lord without your share of difficulty. Oh, if you can only see in the heavens at the spiritual opposition of prayers made to God in faith. He is not scared of you. He is not scared of your character. He is not scared of your plans. He is not scared of your history. By he, I mean our adversary, the devil, and all the host of hell with principalities and powers. He's not intimidated by you, but when you bring God into the equation, that causes him to tremble. The mention of Jesus' name and knowing that you're calling upon the God of the angel armies. See, if I can keep you from praying, then all I got to deal with is your little plastic tool belt. Your little plastic weapons. But you bring God into the picture. And he steps out into my situation in response to my petition and says, you stop. And demons go, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All this rebuking we're doing, I, I, I'm just past much of what I learned early on in my faith. You ever rebuke the devil? He don't buke. <laughs> and I bind you. I bind you. Well, where'd you, where'd you put him? And how long does he have to stay there? And how do he get out? Because it sure looked like he's beating you to death. I, 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 what, what's going on? Here's the power. The Lord rebuke you. I, I want God involved. And he will oppose you. Understand that the, the, the lack of spiritual opposition is directly correlated to your lack of prayer. Because when you pray, he's like, oh my goodness. Last time he prayed, God dispensed armies of angels to his house. Because the angel of the Lord encampeth round about those that fear the Lord to deliver them. The last time he prayed, God delivered him. The last time he prayed, a curse was broken off their family. Not because he pronounced a breaking of a curse, but the king of kings did. And God was involved and spoke and said, that chapter in the life of this family is over. And I speak health over them. And when God does that, and doesn't that sound familiar like Genesis? And he stepped out on nothing and said, let there be light. And there was. And he called forth and the sea divided and the land came up and birds and he just spoke. That's what prayer does. You're inviting God to come in through your request and say, that's my request, comma. However, you just do what you think you need to do. That's where my confidence comes in. I have specific requests. Many of them, he did not answer the way I wanted him to. But he's always answered. All right. There'll be spiritual opposition. 
You have to pray through your own weaknesses, your insecurities, imaginations, vain thoughts and doubts. Prayer is, can be disheartening. I, I'm sorry to tell you that, but if you spend any amount of time with God, two things happen. You see him more clearly and you see yourself more clearly. And then you realize, God, you are great. And God, I'm a Pop-Tart. <laughs> you, you just go, I, I, I'm an idiot, right? Well, pre, pre, pretty much, yeah, yeah. But you're my idiot. You're my good. You're... Well, I don't believe he views us that way. Do you ever look at your children who you die for and go, I, I don't know who in the gene pool helped you out. <laughs> Might be your great Aunt Louise. She was crazy. Prayer exposes God and exposes me. And you've got to pray through. You go, here I am again, Lord. Nobody wants to deal with that again. Nobody wants to come before the Lord. I want to ask you about something. What about that last thing I talked to you about? Mm. Mm. Have you wrote that letter? Mm. Can we just talk about it? Nope. Go back and do the thing I told you to do. So see, we have to deal with self in that. And I know I'm covering a lot here. Um, one of the difficulties is delays. When God doesn't really seemingly answer in the moment. Delay is not as big a deal for me as it is for some. But disappointment. That's my kryptonite. I, can I just talk to you as a believer? Just, I mean, I'm trying to pastor, but... I imagine my, my, my soul is like a stick of butter. And every disappointment is like hitting it against a cat countertop. Disappointment means they did not make the appointment. It did not happen like I had foresaw or did not happen like I believed or like I requested. Now, some disappointments are legitimate. Some are illegitimate. Some are based upon immaturity. But some are genuine. And you take that stick of butter... And before long, it just loses its it shape. And the devil knows. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. So he says, if I can keep the answer from coming to this one, they'll fade. Delay. Or he said, if I can just disappoint John one more time. One more. I had thought God was going to blank. But blank. You're, you're not going to get by in prayer without your share of delay, disappointment, disillusionment, discontentment. That's part of the process where you juggle all of those things. Listen, and you're stripped down, the varnish is stripped down to just raw wood. And you say, I still trust you. I, still, I ain't leaving. Where else am I going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Prayer is difficult when you do it honestly and you do it rightly and you're tenacious and you hold on and you don't quit. It's hard. Preaching is easy. I'm telling you it's easy. I can just put a quarter in me. I can preach. Go. Prayer is hard because it exposes. And it, if the devil knows the power in prayer, then he's going to exert equal amounts of power to keep me from praying. Trust in the Lord 
Lean not to your own understanding, but trust in him. What is it? What's the verse say? Acknowledge the Lord in all his, your ways. What is it? He'll make your path straight and sit. And lean Thank you, Wade. All right. All these Baptist batteries and everything not working. I need a Pentecostal battery. I need one that'll stand the test of time. Does that mean I preach too long? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. Back on track. There's your visual example. Can't do nothing without the devil. No, that wasn't the devil. That was bad batteries. Yeah, don't, bl don't blame the devil for stuff he ain't doing. Can I just do that on my intro to my sermon here? I, I grew up on watching people, their car wouldn't start, and they go, the devil. And they haven't maintenanced it since the Korean War, and they say, the devil. Battery's 62 years old. The devil, mm, I rebuke, change your battery. That's what's the problem. Oh, I didn't even think about the battery. I was, anyway. Now, the devil don't care about your car. Anyway, number four, you cannot pray confidently in the Lord without an answer. Matthew 7, verse 7. Very familiar portion, but you might have not taken it in context. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. Now who said that? Everyone. Now he's talking to disciples. That asketh receiveth. And everyone that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. What man of you would give, uh, his son would ask him bread, would you give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would you give him a serpent? 
If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? This verse clarifies and gives example to what I'm saying. It says he'll give good things, not necessarily the thing that he asked for. Now, this is where we come into trouble. But he says, whatsoever things I ask him, he's going to give me. To the person that demands the specificity of the answer, he will often grant it to the leanness of your soul. I want meat. I want meat. I want meat. God says, you want quail? Got you covered. And they ate quail till they were sick to their stomach of quail. Do you have the faith to pray specifically and not put a period on it and say, but I trust you for the answer. Brooke, if you would come, please. I'm trusting you for the answer. A divine, specific, unmistakable answer. Prayer changes when you understand that I cannot pray without God answering. He will answer. He swore, everyone that asketh receiveth. You're either going to receive a yes, a no, a not now, or quiet. But the answer will be given. I remember standing in the sunroom at 3597 Overlook Avenue, having one of my early crisis of faith. I stepped out in faith to go on the evangelistic field. Jay, nobody's calling. I felt like the Lord told me, don't promote yourself in any way because I don't need your help. No one was calling. I wasn't going anywhere. People say, how's evangelistic field going? It's not. I'm not traveling. This is back when churches had revivals and I would go preach Sunday through Wednesday. And I had my little day timer open and I'm crying in the room. It did, it's never about the thing. It's never about the thing. It's always about you and God. I said, you asked me to go on the evangelistic field. I'm going on the evangelistic field. Nobody's calling. God, I just need to see your hand. This isn't about preaching. I just need to know. With my daytimer open, I know he's listening to me now. I'm not exaggerating. I said, I need someone to call. And I need it to be in this month. I need to see your hand. And the phone rings. A white AT&T handheld phone where the antenna goes about that long. How many of y'all know exactly? I mean, it's, it's impressed on my mind. And I opened us. Hello? Yeah, Brother Wood, it's Pastor, I don't even remember his name. It's Pastor so-and-so down here in Millery, Alabama. Millery, Alabama. Can any good thing come out of me? I don't know where Millery, Alabama is. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the superintendent gave me your name and asked, uh, t- told me that I, you'd be good and have come up here and preach for me. And I realized in that moment I was standing in front of a burning bush. And I said, excuse me, Pastor. I can tell you the month you want me to come. It was my way of saying, I want to get out of the boat and let you know, Lord, that I'll make myself vulnerable. I know you're answering here. And he said, you do? I said, yes, sir, and I named the month. And he goes, well, that's exactly it. It's our homecoming. I was going to ask you to come. And I just booked the service, hung up the phone, pushed my little antenna back in, and wept like a child. Listen, prayer did not book the meeting, it changed me. Millery, Alabama. I remember getting there and the little girl told me, she goes, we're going to the restaurant Sunday. You know you're going to eat good when you're going to the restaurant. Ain't but one. 
It was just a catfish place on a catfish pond. They had a catfish place. No, and I, I asked for a menu. Say, ain't no menu, bro. Just hold a filet. And they're, ca- they're out back catching the fish, waving at you, bringing them up. Mine's just flopping on the table. I went, thank you, Lord, I'm in your will. See, you know, you know. A divine, specific, unmistakable answer. An answer that's not limited to your original request. An answer that is exceedingly, abundantly above all you can ask for or think. Which means when you're making your petitions, if you've thought about it, God can do greater than what you've thought. That's To the person that demands specificity, they are limited to the request. But to the person that prays in faith, says, here is my request. But I know that you can transcend all of that. An answer so unmistakable that causes others to rejoice with us and believe for themselves. When God gave Abram and Sarah their baby and they named him Isaac, it means laughter. She said, I laughed at God one time. Now I'm laughing with God. And I'm going to name this boy laughter so that everyone else can laugh with me. Laughter! Get up for school, boy. Laughter! Her whole life. Laughter! Laughter! She said, God changed me. I went from a postmenopausal barren womb to the mother of the greatest nation in the history. I was asking for a baby. He gave me a nation. Could it be that God is resisting some of the prayers because you'd settle for them alone instead of going past petition? Still letting your request be made known to God. And then saying, but I want to get in on this prayer part. And let you have your way in my life. I view prayer sometimes like we've got a pen and paper. And we're writing down our to-do list with God. That sounds good. But can you catch the mental image of him writing over your life from heaven? Prayer that I'm preaching about takes the pen from your hand and puts it in the hand of God. I close with this because it's the best story I got. It's personal, but it's the one. And we've got new people that might not know this part of our journey. And for others, it's a good reminder. When Kelly and I got married, um, I, of course, when we courted, I told her that I was sterile. We can't have babies. And she had confided in me all she'd ever wanted to be was a mother her whole life. So what's God thinking if he's going to give you, you know, a broken, older man who can't provide you children? But we felt like it was his will, you know, for, for us to be married. And I would hear her in the room, and it was never desperate, I'm going to die prayer, but it was the soft wail of an empty heart. And she'd say, Lord, I just want babies. I just want babies. And that, I'd go outside and I'd go, Father, you know, God, I'm 15 years older than her. I said, just take 10 years off my life. You know, just just give her give her these babies. And I felt his spirit say to me, he said, you think I need you to talk me into blessing her? 
I loved her long before you knew her. And I'm like, oh. But I prayed. And I said, nevertheless, I'm asking you. I'm asking you for this. I would give you my life to give that to her. And I heard his voice as clear as I've ever heard it. He said, you will not find your children. They'll find you. I'd never heard that preached, written. I never read nothing. I said, okay. So I go and share that with her. And, you know, secondhand information doesn't thrill that person like it does you, you know. She didn't hear God's voice. I just said, I'm telling you, though, Kelly. And she said, through that emptiness, she goes, so we're going to do nothing? And I said, yeah. We're not going to call. We're not going to write. Not that it's wrong. But he leads us all individually. I thank the Lord for adoption agencies. They're doing the work of God. So we sat at home. And then our phone rings. And the long story short was we met this woman. And she's going to not carry these babies. And we met with her. and She got to hear Kelly's heart. And she said, so let me get this right. If I carry these babies, you won't change your mind. And we're like, not on our life. So y'all know the story. We bring the babies home. We didn't tell none of y'all. We got the babies. We had to wait almost the two weeks. And then once they were ours and we brought them out on the stage, those that had prayed with us and everybody just clapped and danced. And it was one of my favorite days. So somebody sees our story on Facebook and calls us two years later and says, you want a little boy? Sure. And my little boy, my preacher man, Elisha, was added to our family. Now that leads to this. This may not fit your theological box, but a lot of my communion with God is not in the secret place. It's as I'm doing stuff. And just out of nowhere, it's like an intrusion of conversation. He says, so you want to swap? And I'm summarizing. So clear that out loud I said, Sir, you want to swap? You asked me for babies in her womb. You give me those and I'll open her womb. No, 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 no. And for the first time in my life I saw it. I went, You've already gave me perfect. (laughs) Had you given me Longing, we would have missed perfect. Oh Lord, how unsearchable are your ways. I wouldn't give up Isabel and Olivia and Elisha for anything in the world. And he knew that they were the thing that we'd never asked for. Your responsibility is not God to give you what you requested. Your responsibility is to dance with him through prayer and say, now, whether the music plays or not, or I get what I want or not, I trust you right over my life. That's when you pray confidently because he can't do anything but be perfect. I don't know who I've preached to this morning. And we're out of time, but I'd like to close this way. If there's a deep stirring, I mean, this touched all of us in one small way or not. But if there's a deep stirring and you just need to respond to the Lord and say, God, I'm going to get together and talk with you about this. Come stand around the front and we're going to pray together. Come on.
pray. Just pray. Maybe you've stopped praying about something and God says, light that fire one more time. Let's pray. Kelly, could I ask you to come pray for us this morning? Is that okay? Church family, stand with us as we prepare to go home. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. Nothing. God, we just bless you today, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for the reminder to our hearts, Lord, that there is nothing that is too hard for you. Thank you, Lord God, for reminding us that you see us in our deepest area of need and the thing that we had forgotten to continue asking for, Lord. I thank you most of all, Lord God, that as for the Lord, his way is perfect perfect and everything that you do is worthy of our trust Lord God Father God I thank you in your grace that undeserved grace that you answer the desires of our heart in a way that is far more perfect than we ever could have imagined especially since you are the God of the universe who can do anything anytime that you desire to, Lord God. And we just thank you in advance for your perfect answers for our life, Lord God. I pray that we would leave this place with renewed hope and being filled by your Holy Spirit, Lord God. And just walk, let us walk forward with a countenance of gladness and overflowing hope. And may we overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. And before you're dismissed, if you need special prayer, I know I want to pray with my sister, our elders, if you'll stay around for just a moment. Um, and those are going to clear off the stage is fine. But I just, we'll just pray right over here, if you will. And the rest of you, have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.